0: welcome everyone to this episode of the sport kite podcast i'm your host nick o'neill founder of sportkite.org and i want to thank you for tuning in and listening this podcast is a part of the website sportkite.org and it's a growing resource for sport kite flyers and enthusiasts it is all volunteer run and updated. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast or even the sportkite.org website, go to buymeacoffee.com sportkite. You can also find us on Facebook and we'd love to hear what you think, whether you agree or disagree with what we're saying, or maybe you want to add something to the conversation. In this episode, I sit down with Scott Weeder for the first part of a two-part chat about, well, about kites. (laughs) For those that do not know of him or his history or his providence, well, let's just say that any introduction I tried to do would nowhere do justice to Scott Weider. He is someone with decades of experience on the sport kite field from his competition years and also his performance years. uh, You name it, he's been there. Just a little side note before we get started, I recorded this on the beach, so at times there's some wind noise, and also this is a rather raw discussion without editing, so there may be a few curse words here and there, and this is just really what it's like to sit and chat and listen to two friends hanging out between some quality amazing kite flying. So wherever you are, just take a second right now to imagine yourself sitting on a big open beach, the sun is on your face, there's a warm wind that's just kind of blowing right up the beach, it's absolutely perfect, and you're just hanging out with some of your friends and sharing a beer. And that is exactly what's happening here. So let's get started. um and also yeah just let shit flow uh i can edit the audio mm. afterwards make sure that uh let's make sure we're still recording yeah i can take out parts where you're like i don't like how i said that let's go back yeah right so sure um yeah and then, i'll
1: i'll stay focused too huh? no not. because i can wander in theory so I, in, you know in order to make it watchable and listenable i, I want to make sure that my words are poignant i'm a sagittarius
0: <laughs> you leave. just wandered there
1: <laughs> right yes that's yeah, what i yeah. want to be and i what he told me the other day especially with my head injuries like scott you see half things and like people not they you're not putting them there you're thinking it because i know what you're thinking but you're not saying it so so that's the kind of thing okay uh, and you know you pointing that out I am an um, I am an interviewer and a photojournalist by trade. It means I'm a visual guy. Like, holy shit, that's fucking cool! Like, how can I photograph this? So, when it comes to this, I've realized my responsibility because I've lived a lot of this. So, yeah, yeah, no pressure.
0: That'll probably end up being the intro
1: yeah, to this. because sure. <laughs> we're already because you just did awesome.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, Scott, let's. I guess let's dive into the nitty-gritty. For the listeners that may not know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, And maybe a little bit of what makes you the awesome kite flyer
1: that you are.
0: Or how might people recognize you?
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) My name is Scott Weeder when I think of that I immediately think of America's Got Talent I went on that stage I put myself there flew across the country and stepped on that stage and they said can you introduce yourself and it was like oh my god these are not my kite flying friends so I'm like hi I'm Scott I'm a kite flyer (laughs) I mean I was cardboard man as I say so no my name's Scott Weeder. I've been flying kites uh, sport kites mostly two line Mm -hmm. four line kites mostly um, for about, I don't know, since the early 90s, basically. And I was lucky enough to be in a in a place where there were some, you know, really good conditions, really good in community, and I had great mentors, and I was like a sponge. And I, man, it was kite flying to me, and it's a never-ending journey. Here I am 25 years later. I've been lucky enough to fly a kite on a Broadway, off-Broadway stage, and... Um, in New York City and flying in the streets of New York City once a year for like 12 years, like in amongst people where you would not want to fly a kite, if you will. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, learning how to to tame a bird in natural environment is a never-ending quest. You can find a connection, but every wind, every place, every it's so different and there's so many options out there these days than there was our history short so i was yeah. lucky enough to witness a lot of it at the beginning a uh, sport kite flying so so i've been around a long time with a big passion for it and um yeah here i sit um
0: <laughs> on the beach me. hanging out that's me talking about sport kites so kind of uh in the very beginning of your, your kite flying arc or your career, you were a, a pretty intense competitor. So mm. uh, some of our, our, shall we say, more experienced or uh, older kite flyers that have been around would probably know you starting in the competition phase. Uh, some of the newer folks or people that never competed might know you from. Um, you're very popular for, for flying with a, a quad kite with a ribbon. Uh, in short spaces, indoors, and really like connecting with people. Like you said, America's Got Talent there. Right. Um, and yeah, you've done, you do productions, you've worked with Disney, you've worked with, like you said, Broadway.
1: Heather Henson. Heather
0: Henson. Henson yeah, Ibex so. Yeah. So there's kind of, you've hit every major kind of critical point that a, that a sport kite flyer can hit. Wow.
1: I, I, it's amazing because I've always felt from the very beginning that this is the kind of thing that could be applied in places that we can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And so throughout my life, I have I look at it as I've made myself vulnerable enough to go give it a shot and see what it is. And as like I have a saying, nobody lost an eye. Today we did pretty <laughs> good. So... Um, yeah. yeah, that kind of journey has put me uh, amazing in so many different places around the world culturally. It's a small world, this globe, and I've been lucky enough through kites exclusively to kind of share that. So it's amazing. Um, I think the kites are a tool to being a human and being vulnerable to, to, to all that kite flying is. It's just a microcosm of what life offers and and that and that's the biggest thing yeah kites are unbelievable so
0: <laughs> and they've they've been pretty much a part of your life
1: oh a huge part and and i for, for
0: the bulk of your life they've been a part well, of your life you or? know
1: almost um you know half of my life and there was a time when i couldn't do a whole lot physically but it was what carried me through spiritually and mentally so like mentally flying and mentally what what the, what I wanted to do with kites what mentally when I was on my back as a young strong male individual mm-hmm. kites carried me through Yeah,
0: which it kind of reminds me of uh, a, a part of your story that we've discussed we're, we're friends we've known each other for 10 plus years um, but part of your story that has always been interesting to me is that in, in my opinion, you're one of the most accomplished sport kite flyers that's out there. You you are one of the top competitors. I've heard multiple other people talk about how you were a hard ass when it came to competition. You were super skilled. You were also very dedicated to the craft, <laughs> and the, like, don't approach Scott weeder when he's about to go in for competition because he is in the "I am going to slaughter all of you" kind of mindset, yeah. right? Like, not I'm like- going to win this competition. Yeah, um, which is so funny to me because it's it's not it's not the Scott I know, right? Right. right. Uh, the Scott I know is the performance Scott, the the one who really touches and, and reaches out and makes those connections with people. Yeah. Um, but That's I I digress. Funny. What I'm I guess what I'm getting at is that part of your story uh that has always kind of interested me is that for how accomplished you are there has been quite a few times in your life where you have been a beginner again you've you've gotten you've had to go through the relearning process when it comes to kite flying and uh did that
1: yeah, for how,
0: how did that work for you? I guess it, I, 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 w- I would want you to tell the story. So,
1: here, this is classic, if I may. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you mentioned competition. What mm-hmm. competition was, uh, my introduction to sport kite was, I went to Wildwood mm-hmm. and saw, after being prompted, that this happens 400 miles from my home. you got to go on Memorial Day and watch this. And I did, and it was, like, amazing to me. Um... So, I was a hard ass. I loved the other people, but I wanted to be worthy of being there. And yeah. there was a format to where you could learn sport kites and learn at a super proficient level because there was 20 guys right there doing the same thing and they were all in that boat of learning. So, I wanted to honor the craft and become yes. good at it. Yeah. I I, was, I wasn't, you know, I... I guess i consider myself a poor loser but um i put a pressure on myself to do to be proficient
0: i think it's less a poor loser and more a committed winner
1: well that's it i was committed to being the best i could And, and 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 really some of the competitors um when it came down to it i don't i I bet you'd be hard-pressed to find one to say that I was a jerk to them when it came to their stuff. <laughs> yes, Because <true. laughs> I promoted them and made some good yes. friends in the pit when they were sweating bullets under their own. My good friend Terry Murray, God rest his soul, I think of him, and I met him in the pit. It was his first competition. He had this beautiful kite, and he had a camera, so I took a picture of him with that kite in that moment when we were in the pit. It was both of our kind of first competitions, but and he was as intense as anything as a soul flyer, and I was as intense as anything in my own thing, but what yeah. we shared together was that say you say competition that was competition to me we had a format, and let the scores be what they are, but the things you learn there and you take away is what, what sport kites were to me at the time that's missing now, I wish people could see that without the competition and that kind of negativity of it, it's to me it's honoring the craft yes we yeah. can. we have a lot of video, a lot of stuff, but when you see and feel I 'm in the environment people doing what you're going to maybe try to do or just watch next you, you know, that, that's something it's a disappearing art and um, that format at the time was what brought all those things out in me and my personal yeah. quest and, and and one thing I can say now is It never ends. And (laughs) so learning a specific kite in a specific condition will humble you. And you hear people that have never... I could never really fly a kite. I always had to run with it and it never really worked. And like that... I don't care if you've been flying and you've been at the world championships if you if you're not owning that and say that is me you put the right bird up in the right wind in the right conditions and you expect it to land cuz gravity wins so you have to be a humble human and take it and smile and move on to the next that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that you know so
0: yeah I guess I I guess I should Clarify a little bit my statement of saying that you were a hard-ass competitor. No, no. I, I mean it with I was with love and
1: respect. No, right? I, is, I mean I was. too man you like, uh, couldn't even talk to me? My yeah. brother Darren, who's sitting right there, he would say to me, "You ungrateful, <laughs> no. dude! You're so ungrateful! What are you doing?" Like he was watching me do it, and I'd be like so mad at myself, like a poor loser. And he knew me as a kid, and. Um, so as that poor loser he's like dude what are you doing you know and so well I came in second place so (laughs) and he said yeah that was pretty good so uh, just I guess
0: the impression I got from some of those stories was that uh when you would show up to the kite field right and say you got that second place you looked at who got first place and he had put in 20 hours every week for the last five weeks and you said. Well, fuck that. I'm going to put in 22 hours every week for the next five weeks so I can yeah. beat you, right? So it's, it's a... And
1: yeah, and you know what? No. It's, so it, I it's could a very committed hard well, ass. Well, you yeah. know what? You say it like that. That really wasn't how it was for me. Okay. What I did was want to put something out there that I did. So I flew against Lamb. Lamb flew so perfectly perfect, I wasn't going to try to fly perfectly perfect. I was going to try to fly with some pizzazz. That, okay. So I had to be different because yeah. if I compared what I was doing to him, forget it. So Lamb adjusted the things he did in competing against everybody. Lamb is still on that quest, and it's not so much a competition, but he's on that quest to do the next thing. Okay. And he's still doing it all these years later. But at the time for me, I, I wanted to interpret the music so i had this music and but i did what i wanted to do and Axel in my first competition and <laughs> and the judges said but you dragged your tip on the ground i said yeah i did it twice i meant you meant to do that and it's like oh well we had to put a deduction so it was pre- learning how to present in those two minutes in that one moment how to present and just yep. keep it simple and you should have the discipline to do the things to make the judges just not give you a deduction that's what that was the idea it's like no it's kite flying there's a gravity wins. so <laughs> the minimal conductions uh, deductions and to make it look good
0: intentional too yes
1: and, yeah. and and you don't get a refly you do yeah. it now in whatever the conditions are the, i've prided myself in my seven years of hard competition that i never once disqualified never once and i um we're, like,
0: we're laughing because your brother dq'd yeah <laughs> and he's yeah. he's smiling and then I, raising a glass to us because we <laughs> We were just talking about this. Yeah, and my earlier. whole thing was
1: field presence. I think I've
0: DQ'd in a single York. line indoor competition. <laughs> yes, yeah, so,
1: so for nine years I had a novice, we had a novice, uh, uh, Steve Santos started it, but it mm-hmm. turned into, for me, it was how to teach people not how to fly a kite, but how to act in the tape. Mm-hmm. So, what to be ready for so the rules were the rules the grassroots events like changed the rules so they were finding the rules so some of the rules didn't apply to the next thing so if you knew what your parameters were as a koot kite flyer you could own that space and um field presence and so i tried to give my brother the best possible chance he could (laughs) And uh, he was using some really light equipment, and he was just like, wow, this kite's like going really fast. (laughs) I'm going to win this thing. Everybody just was going really slow, and then it was too much for the line he used, and it broke on him. So, um,
0: It's it's a very fair DQ. That's a fair DQ. Well,
1: I've also had lines break (laughs) on me with my partner. And then my partner's like, oh, I'm done. We're done. And I said, no, no we're not. He was on the ground. Up. We had 45 seconds to get back in the air, and we did. We did not disqualify. I tied the line. They you, know, you can't do it that way anymore because it's a safety issue, if you will. They changed that. But at the time, I was up in 45 seconds. They, We, we didn't have a really good score, but we had a score. And that, to me, was what performance is. You, yeah. Like, so you... You do what you can do, and you keep it that way. So, um, simplify it. And performance kiting is that. It's not about doing a double-axle triple flip. (laughs) A flippy-floppy...
0: Yeah, (laughs) a comité. Or no, sorry, a Sleeping Beauty launch, which I just did this morning.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was a sweet one, too.
0: But, so yeah we we kind of we kind of took a hard right yeah and, and i do that often uh, no that's no right. no and actually i think it's 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 something that's very important right to talk about well is i think
1: it's relative to the topic and and so for me the physicality and mm-hmm. i think that's what you're trying to get at yeah so yeah. okay physically for me so I, I had back surgery electively in 1998 and that year I was actually invited. I, I did the competitions cause I was doing the competitions. I, I didn't have the money, but I flew West for serious competitions and it, I was my competitor. I never, I always felt like I was going to school, but I wanted to be out there seeing what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I had a back problem. I, I, um, I knew I couldn't do the construction and the things that I want to do. And my kite mentor helped me get diagnosed. I had, like, I needed, I was bone on bone on my spine. It's, like, Mm -hmm. painful to even walk. And so I was supposed to be this young, strong competitor, right? So I said, please get me the surgery. Hopefully it'll help me. And then I got an invite to France as an individual, like, in the only ever, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, anybody, I want to hear this, but it was the only individual world quadline competition that ever happened. And what what, what it was, was the the, the team world championships mm-hmm. wanted to grow it. So they figured if they had an individual fly in a dual line after watching the teams, it would be kind of anticlimactic. So they brought in the quadline flyers, try to bring in a different juice. And that particular year, I happened to be sitting up in the ranks when they called it. It was nice. not like they're going to prepare for it and do it. And yeah. So, I was lucky enough, and I was going for surgery, and I said, you know what, I've been going to school. I qualified because I went to those grassroots events, making myself vulnerable learning. I didn't claim to be the champion. I wanted to know the craft, so I said, I'm going there to experience that, regardless. (laughs) And I was lucky enough to do that. Right after that, the 1998 Nationals was held just up the beach from where we're sitting now, which is... A whole world away from my world at the time, three thousand miles. Three thousand miles away. I came out here right before my surgery, and I, I was, I was, like, I was hurting. I only saved myself for competition because I couldn't be on the beach flying all throughout it, and I was trying to uphold my um, competition <laughs> yeah. status, if yeah. you will. Um, while going in for spinal fusion on two levels because because uh, I have to, not because of a car accident, just because the my degenerative arthritic spine, yeah. n- you know, serious bone on bone. So that trip for me and the trip to France was just before my surgery, and I wanted to get back on my feet after that, and so i never achieved the hard ass competitor i never even came close to the things i wanted to do and it was that physically oh well i gotta earn a living too uh, well, so yeah, yeah i can't do the career that i know <laughs> since i'm a kid now i gotta find something else yes so my whole career was um up and uh you know in the air if you will i never dreamed but i ended up here we are 20 years later Thirty years later, uh, I was an award-winning photographer and worked for a daily newspaper and had that, had that um, experience. And mm-hmm. so I was wicked competitive with myself with that as well. So it was getting up every day, the work ethic of a construction worker, and then trying to let myself be an artist. What kiting is it's like? Just just trying to express myself and not worrying about like the the stuff man it's been that journey and it hasn't ended physically I never felt where I wanted to be no matter how much I practiced I knew I w I'd to park my car in the middle of a field and fly we didn't have all the kites we have today the technology is phenomenal but I spent my time with my hundred dollar kite and I learned that kite I lusted after kites but I didn't because I didn't have them I wanted to fly what I had so give me a rag and I'm gonna have some fun with it, you know. So, so that, after after your spinal surgery, yeah, um,
0: like was it very easy to just get back in no. to the flying level that you were at?
1: Oh, not I never. Or did I don't you kind feel of have I've to? Ever.
0: Relearn how to fly. Well,
1: I'm still relearning that and still recovering from that. I'm getting older too, so um, at the time where I felt connected to the kite, man, I'm still searching for that connection. And the longer the line, the you know, the further out you are to be connected. And I work towards that connection to the line and the kite and the elements. And then I've been forever chasing it. And I was chasing it there. frustrating to be a young strong individual and not be able to do what you know you you know can be You're there in other words of, i've yeah. touched it and, yeah but never really got to to know, fully yeah. fully
0: feel it um i know in a, a previous chat um i said that or we were talking about recovery after injury and like reconnecting and, and trying right. to to find our path and i said you know one of the things that's that's difficult is that you have that ghost of a memory of what it was and how Uh easy the connection was and what what it feels like and it's it's different when you're a beginner and you've never experienced that right because you're kind of open right to however the thing is going to play out but if you've had it lost it and you're trying to regain it you know where it should go so you're like why why aren't the same footsteps working and it's like well You have to you have to change your mindset back to being a beginner. That's right. And just being like, I'm gonna let this play out
1: instead of walking away and saying, "Ah, you know." Instead of
0: trying to find the same footsteps and follow that path, yeah, you're blazing a whole new path, and it may end up completely different. And and that reconnection is completely different.
1: It is, and every day. And I've been flying a dual line. It's been like three or four years I, I, I want to I, go right back to what you said I want to fly the dual line more so um, I stopped flying it that was the first one I stopped flying then the quad was easier for me to fly so I spent a lot of time with it then there was a time after that with accidents and stuff that I didn't even have the physicality to fly my quad line under any circumstances and I went indoor and just spent time with myself and that's where my indoor stuff comes from is i wanted to be able to stand there without shaking and so i wanted to get to feel my kite and that was my tai chi or whatever my stretch my um my zone if you will and my physicality was that i could move and still keep my eyes and brains focused on something else so walking and talking at the same time basically and that's where like you know, I spend a lot of time doing that. I, yeah. I spend a lot of time with my indoor kite to get my own connection back, not to fly in front of people because I don't. I'm not comfortable flying <laughs> in front. Of, if <laughs> I my know, other the grand flies, irony
0: is that you're an amazing performer and you are so incredibly shy when it actually comes to talking to people.
1: Oh, I get nervous, gotta pee, oh. and I don't want to fly in front I, of anybody I know, for that reason. I know
0: quite a few folks like that. Yeah. Um, that are that are professional flyers. They're like. Just have me walk on stage and I walk off stage. I yeah. don't. I don't want. I want the people to watch me, but I don't want to. I don't want to interact with the people because it's scary and right. it's like the you, hardest. The hardest part's over. The hardest part's the right. performing. Well, yeah. It's not the interacting. Mm. <laughs> but I. I, well, I, I, I do really
1: like it's a responsibility too, right? I'm, yeah. I'm just. The, I'm just a guy that wants wants to get that stuff and some of the things that I get through kiting I, it's like it do not even matter in real life and if I look at some people and tell them that's where it comes from they just like I don't get it so it it is about searching your soul accepting yourself as you are and even if you feel compromised because we all are shooting for the moon if you will, yes. and so we all want to be that, and I, it's a responsibility to fly in front of somebody. I, I just have my version of it, and and um, yes. it's, and I feel like a beginner every time.
0: So. All right, everyone, thank you for listening to this first part of the two-part conversation with Scott Weider. We'll have that next uh, half coming up next week. So you know, stay tuned. You can you can get all the good quality stuff. And uh, yeah, we hope to be bringing you something new every week, something a little bit different uh, from tips and tricks to a little bit more in depth conversations or even just sitting around and chatting. So uh, if you have questions or suggestions, please feel free to shoot us an email at infosportkite.org. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it yet again, that if you like what you heard here and you'd like to see it continue, consider becoming a supporter. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you're really feeling it, would love it if you shared this podcast with your friends or any budding sport kite flyers you might know or We're getting more and more on the kite field with every episode and absolutely loving this journey. So till I see you on the field, bye.